Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a news and notes episode for everyone. We're going to chat a little bit about United States Women's National Team news, NWSL Challenge Cup roster updates. But first, before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. You can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Hit subscribe so you never miss exclusive interviews or whenever we go live in and you can always uh, let us know how you're feeling about us and how we're doing on the episodes. I'm excited to chat a little bit about women's soccer news. As always with you, Lisa, how are you doing today? Sandra, I'm good. I'm I'm really good. We rolled out our first Title IX Tuesday last week. We have our second one coming tomorrow. Um, and this series is very near and dear to my heart because we got to pick the guests that we spoke to. We got to pick the topics and the conversations. And um, we were recording them out of order of publishing them. This is a sneak peek behind the scenes look at how this works. And we just finished recording one and I have chills. I still have chills from our conversation. So if you haven't already, check out our Title IX Tuesdays that are happening. We did last week with Sam U.S., U.S. Women's National Team midfielder and Kansas City current midfielder. And we have another great episode dropping tomorrow. So I'm actually like juiced up on that right now, Sandra. How are you doing? I'm with you. I'm amped. Like having some of these conversations with all of these phenomenal women in different spaces mm-hmm. right of sport um has been really like humbling and also like amped like amplifying in the same way i'm just like guys like how am i both like in awe and also like jacked up from having these conversations uh you know with some of these uh amazing people in this space and obviously our first one with sam U.S. drop like you mentioned that was a fantastic conversation and yes we're celebrating title nine and talking about all that but we got to take a little bit of a dive into some united states women's national team things right talking about the settlement uh talking about points that she wants to see right in the next cba right so it's, it's a good one everybody should check it out if they can something else i'm also really excited about lisa is uh it's March. So we've got March Madness coming up. Let's talk about it really quickly. March Madness is March 17th through April 4th. Attacking third listeners, we want you to compete with us in a bracket challenge game. I'm going to be in there. Lisa's going to be in there. We're going to, we're going to have former United States Women's National Team star Lori Lindsay a part of that. You know, our social uh, uh, media guru, Sydney, will be participating with us. And, and we want you to join along in the fun as well. 
You can join us at CBSSports.com, and the winner will get a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. And who really out there just enters just one pool? You can create your own, uh, create a group to compete against other friends, and you can fill out your bracket for a chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 Final Four. You can play on the CBS Sports app or at CBSSports.com, and the link will be in the description of this episode. So uh, go go ahead, see if you can uh, see if you can beat me. I, I'm I'm sure someone out there can. Right? I challenge everyone to try to beat me. I love March Madness. Ooh. I love making brackets. I love college basketball. Okay, um, I'm very good. I host a few for okay. my friends. And I'm challenging attacking third listeners now. Let's go. Okay. Oh, Mark. This is putting people on notice. I love that. I energy. I let's am. go with that. You know, it's that's why they call it madness, right? March madness. We'll see. Madness. Uh, and let's go, Marquette. There you go. You got it. I was about to say, like, you always got to rep your set. I love that. I love that. Let's uh, let's I'm excited. Let's see if people join along with that. Let's 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 jump in. Let's dive into back into women's soccer content. Let's chat a little bit about some news that's dropped uh, to talk about and kick things off this week. The United States women's national team announcing their friendlies for the next upcoming international window already it's going to be taking place in april they announced the matches on april 9th and the 12th versus uzbekistan uh the united states uh, will be playing these matches in columbus ohio and in chester uh pennsylvania uh at uh, and this is going to be the uh i think the 10th time that they played you know in, mm-hmm. in columbus ohio and uh and it's going to be the eighth visit to subaru park uh, which is also the home of the philadelphia union of MLS. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway from between this uh, coming out of this, this news drop, Lisa, is that they're set to play this pair of friendlies against Uzbekistan. Uh, it's going to be the very first meeting of all time between both of these programs. And they're not just going to play one, but they're going to play two matches against each other. And uh, Uzbekistan um, ranked 45th overall in the FIFA rankings. So uh, maybe a little bit of a mixed reaction, right? When we're mm-hmm. seeing a little bit of news like this drop, we're coming off of a Sheba Leaves Cup title win, really, yeah. uh, for this United States women's national team. And there was the narrative there, right, within that. Like there were a couple storylines of, hey, younger roster, coaching staff wanting to see uh, or get additional looks at uh, younger players, sort of next-gen players, and the opposition that they were facing is is different from maybe when the She Believes Cup tournament first was introduced and founded, right? Where there was sort of this concept of like, oh, the top 10, you can watch top 10 ranked teams in the world go go head to head. And it sort of evolved into a little bit different and branched out and expanded into other teams and other participating regions, right? So we started to see the integration of Conmebol teams, other CONCACAF squads in the mix, right? And other Asian federations. And now for this uh, international window in April, the one that takes place right after She Believes Cup is going to feature uh, games against uh, Uzbekistan. So when I saw that right away, I'm like, mm, there's a there's a real possibility that we might continue to see a little bit of a trend here, Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. Like we might see another young roster. What were some of your impressions when you saw this news drop? Um, as a lot of fans, I'm sure we're reading this release and looking at it and saying, why are they even playing Uzbekistan? Yeah. Um, what is it? 
a lot of times fans look at this and kind of blame the competition as to how it's not going to challenge this team. Um, however, I really enjoy this because it's a chance for them to actually play, to travel to some different cities. I mean, they're coming to Philly, so I'm obviously excited about this. Um, but it's a chance for them to play and play in games, which isn't always an opportunity. And I think that it speaks a lot to U.S. soccer and Black Wondonofsky saying, okay, here's a FIFA window. We're going to play in it. We're going to compete somehow, even if it's against a 45 ranked team and it's going to be the same competition back to back. Um, but we're going to give it a chance to showcase younger players, showcase different players, showcase different formations, different styles, uh, which we already saw in the She Believes Cup. It also gives them a chance to travel to different parts of the country. I mean, going back to Ohio um, and Columbus is a huge fan base for the United States women's national team. And then getting to come to Philly, it's also doing the, I, I almost want to say like grass roots work of promoting themselves across the country because this is a great opportunity for young players in Columbus and in Philly to go watch them play live. So like there is a whole other aspect of that. But also when you are playing, um, which the U.S. rosters typically have been over the last few roster breakouts from She Believes, and I'm sure for th these friendlies it will as well, be younger, uh, less capped players. You don't want to throw them up against top five teams in, in the FIFA rankings. You want to give them almost like softballs a little bit. I mean, not horrible softballs, but you want to give them competition that is going to test them and stretch them and make them think and actually give them the confidence. So then when they are facing a Spain, a Germany, a Canada, they have the confidence to score goals and to be dominant because they've already done it. They're not climbing this mountain anymore. They're sitting on top of the confidence mountain and now they're just putting their skills to the test. So I... I, I like this. I mean, it's, it is what it is. We're getting games and that's yeah. pretty fun as well. Right. Um, yeah. But we'll kind of see how it unfolds and see what happens. I do expect a younger roster and I, I kind of expect to see some different things from this team. I, I think considering the opposition, yeah, that's, that's gotta be the, the, the next step, you know, play around a little bit. Maybe you see some, some different things, uh, mix it up. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we saw with the drop of, of this news, we're actually reacting to it, not in real time, but within uh, the same timeline of that it was recently announced. So we're seeing re additional reporting adjacent to the news uh, that they will be playing these friendlies in April against Uzbekistan. Uh, talking a little bit about why the opposition is Uzbekistan, that there are sources saying that there was actually a, a top uh, team from Asia that was, uh, you know, sort of aimed to, to, to be the, the opposition uh, during this window, but a combination of required quarantines, government regulations made travel uh, a little bit difficult, right? So reporting from both Meg Linehan and Jeff Kasuf that we're seeing uh, on this type of stuff and thinking about how this window of time in April for us, Lisa, we know we just got done covering combat yeah. women qualifiers. Right. And that was just the preliminary round of that. The second uh, wave of matches for CONCACAF qualifiers will be taking place over the course of the same window. And then you also have UEFA with, uh, you know, European, uh, you know, matches sort of also taking place. So the difficulty uh, of scheduling top flight yes. teams, right? So to speak with this combination of scheduling issues and also the pandemic still impacting this type of scheduling is what ultimately 
made the option of like, hey, do you play this window or do you not play this window? And who can you find to play this window? And we know that the United States women's national team, more than maybe any other national team in the world, is a team that constantly finds themselves getting together, having camps, playing games. I don't think it's an option to not take the opportunity to participate in this window, right? So Especially when the pool of players is changing and young and and right like take every opportunity you get to play a game yeah so because so because of that that's where we're at like you said this is the opportunity that's uh that's in front of it so i'm sure other things will come out right we'll probably see a roster that will eventually uh drop in terms of the players who will be participating in these two matches and we'll get to maybe chat a little bit more about what we think we could see out of that. But United States set to uh, participate in a, a couple of friendlies for April 9th and April 12th against Uzbekistan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's talk a little bit about NWSL preseason because we've absolutely been doing that alongside everything else, right? The Title IX stuff that we've been doing, any of the United States women's national team news that we've been covering. NWSL preseason, absolutely in full swing. We've done team-by-team previews for all 12 clubs. Please check them out as they drop. But there's also been a couple preseason matches for some Mm -hmm. of these teams that we maybe should talk about a little bit. Now, these are, again, these are uh, preseason scrimmages. So all of them, with the really the exception of one, weren't typically, uh, you know, accessible in terms of being able to watch. Right. If you're a fan and you're trying to look for preseason matches. Uh, but let's that was me as a fan. I was like, where can I watch? Where can you find them? Right? I want to watch all of these. And I was sad I couldn't. We're thirsty for, for soccer, honestly, for individual soccer. We miss it. Uh, let's take a look at maybe some some of these results real quick. Uh, Kansas City Current, Orlando Pride actually meeting up for a scrimmage, played out to a 0-0 draw. Kansas City Current against Washington Spirit. Spirit uh, Current taking that one over the reigning champions, uh, winning 6-0 in Ooh. that one. And then there's other teams uh, that will have some other uh, matches going on. But I want to talk about right now about games that had fixtures. When you're looking at maybe just these couple games right here, Lisa, the KC Current matches against Pride in Washington Spirit, what's, what's standing out to you here? 
well, first of all, the Casey current winning over Washington spirit <laughs> six nil. I think that is a pretty fun stat, a fun, yep. like first match for them to have. It's a and real then, preseason scoreline. <laughs> yeah. Preseason scoreline. And then to go back to back and Kansas city to tie against Orlando yeah. pride. Like I don't, yes. Like the individual scores of each of those are interesting, but when you throw them together, the fact that Kansas city dominated against rainy NWSL champions, Washington spirit six nil, and then tied to Orlando pride, which is as as we said in our preview, they're they're going through a bit of a, a rebrand, a restructuring this year as Orlando Pride. And the fact that Kansas City could do that, I'm I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty surprised about what's happening here. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And that's why like I wish I could have watched these. And I wish I could have really seen everything that happened on the pitch without just like reading lineups and, and reading recaps. Um, I like that Kansas city is playing games, right? So that's the other thing. When we look at all these preseason scrimmages and, and what's happening, um, teams that are playing, that's great. Like you should be playing. This is your preseason. You're about to start challenge cup. You're about to go against two new expansion clubs. Uh, depending on how you did in the last 2021 season, you probably looking to improve or at least maintain that consistency. So you need to be playing matches you need to be playing scrimmages games against outside competition now playing against collegiate programs that's big and that's something and that's doing something as a former collegiate player we played against the red stars um in in wisconsin we played against um the red stars in our preseason and in the spring season so it helps but i think like as a college player i got more amped for that than they were just because i was like i'm going against the pros yeah. let's see what kristen press can do to me uh destroy me every time for <laughs> anyone that's curious um but but then to see that these clubs are going out of their way kansas city to play washington to play orlando that's really promising i think to see that happening when when you saw these sandra what did you like did you like that houston went to mexico they really found some outside competition Listen, you know I loved that. We chatted a little bit about about that and reacted to it a little bit on socials. Houston Dash and head coach Jim Clarkson are really continuing a little bit of a tradition here, right? Mm -hmm. This is not Houston's first rodeo in terms of jumping into inter-scrimmage competition with Liga MX Femenil teams, right? So there have been uh, moments in the past where uh, Liga MX Femenil teams have you know, come to Houston and played and Houston uh, jumping into Mexico and doing that. And uh, they went a little uh, further south into Mexico. They actually uh, faced off against uh, Pumas Feminil uh, for this preseason scrimmage, which is uh, they're based out of Mexico City. So heading a little further south, right, in, into into the country, which I think is going to give a little bit of a different experience, right, mm -hmm. for this Houston Dash team in their preseason. They're going to be the only team that sort of has this type of event that can yes also that that's going to have training that's going to have a game or that had a game attached to it but also have this sort of team camaraderie kind of experience so this sort of team building um experience to sort of have with them adjacent to all of this stuff that they're doing in preseason i think is going to be huge for the dash honestly uh when we're sort of looking at them uh, towards the end of things overall how they sort of tackle their regular season yeah they end up walking away with a win right um 
And it absolutely had some preseason vibes to it. This was the game that we were alluding to when we were talking about. Not a ton of these preseason games were available to watch, but Houston Dash made this one available. There was a live stream that they were able to connect with a feed out there in Mexico and be able to put up on their website, and people were able to take a look at that. So largely scoreless for the most part, majority of the game, but uh, a late-game winner for Houston Dash. And uh, I liked that. I liked seeing these two sides go together. I, I was left with the same impression that I always have. I, I would love to see more pre-season, because uh, yeah. like, it's it's NWSL preseason, but Liga Mex Feminil is in season so it's like this kind of interest like it's an opportunity i think for you you know both of these leagues to kind of get there and sort of go toe-to-toe right so um it was a it was really interesting to sort of see you definitely saw some what i think you consider kind of like a a dash b side a little Mm -hmm. bit in terms of the lineup right yeah Uh, going up against maybe some some typical starters of of fuma semenil so uh Do you think, sorry, word vomit question here. Do you think that James Clarkson being a a coach at Washington or at Houston now for a few years and and kind of uh, getting the lay of the land gives him a leg up to get some of these preseason roster scrimmages like on the books early on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Clarkson, he's been involved in the Houston franchise uh, for a long time. He was with sure. youth, for Youth Academy specifically on the on the Dynamo Dash side of things. So he's he's been with the franchise for a little while before even going into that head coaching role, right? Um, and now he's got four seasons as a head coach mm-hmm. under his belt with with this this team. Um, but a lot of those uh, you know youth development uh, ties, you you reach out to to other areas, right? So he's got some connections, I'm sure, uh, deep on on the the Mexico side of things when it comes to being able to sit down, meet with people, have meetings and discuss about how to get games going in action that could benefit, you know, both clubs here. You know, there could be a mutually beneficial thing. And I think probably Clarkson, more than any other head coach in the league, understands and respects uh, the value of that, you know, in terms of being able to look right next door and say, hey, there's actually – uh, a whole other country right next door with a fully professionalized league that we should start engaging with a little bit more when it comes to expanding a, a club competition. Um, so as of as of now, Houston uh, are the only franchise that can say that they have sort of met, you know, Mexico and Liga Mex Feminine kind of halfway and sort of have, uh, you know, these these kind of uh, matches. So uh, whether they're uh, in, se- in regular season type uh uh, scrimmages or preseason scrimmages. I'm a big fan of them. I would love uh, to see the the continuation of this and honestly uh, the involvement of it, you know, and maybe see some other teams uh, get involved into the mix uh, of things as well. Yeah, I'm excited about this, but this is just a taste. That's like what the best part is, that it is preseason and it is a taste. Um, and I, we're giving a lot of credit. Well, I'm giving a lot of credit to like these teams for getting these scrimmages and getting these mm-hmm. matches on the calendar because it's so necessary but it's interesting that there also are teams that haven't announced preseason scrimmages no not yet but they'll be coming up i mean i know there's there's clubs that uh like you mentioned there's clubs that 
go against uh collegiate side mm-hmm. you speaking of personal experience about that you know haven't been with Marquette but racing Louisville right gonna have gonna face off against some uh, opponents that uh you know on the NCAA side of things uh so will North Carolina Courage that's that's something that's not unfamiliar with them right being in the same backyard as, as a UNC as a Duke you know they'll, they'll likely see some uh scrimmage or closed door competitions there uh Portland though I think it's important to maybe highlight here uh they're bringing back uh, their preseason tournament. Portland typically hosted a spring invitational during preseason, which they would host two other NWSL sides and the United States U23 women's national team all in Portland. Uh, And obviously the breaks were pumped on that in light of the pandemic. It was one of the first things to actually get suspended and canceled back in 2020. And then we uh, really had, didn't see, uh, you know, the, the, the comeback of that, but here we are in 2022, they're going to have another spring invitational. It's going to be taking place March 5th through the 11th, this time at Providence park. And before Mm -hmm. in the past, it's taking place at uh, University of Portland. Uh, so it's going to be back at Providence Park and it's going to be uh, the return of the Red Stars who have participated in every single one of these uh, spring tournaments uh, since their, uh, you know, since uh, since their beginning. And then it's going to include OL Rain, and it's uh, once again going to include the U23 team. So uh, round robin style uh, for those teams to sort of get some preseason matches in ahead of Challenge Cup. So I'm sure we'll uh, maybe be able to take in a couple matches uh, there, hopefully with the, you know, resources at Portland and maybe we'll get to see some uh, preseason scrimmages on that end. But with these matches, some of them already taking place and some of them, which will soon take place. That means with a new month, came some new roster updates and we're going to go through some of these because as we were doing our team by team previews for NWSL, we were going through these preseason mm-hmm. rosters, going through them by position, seeing which players had made this initial preseason rosters. And some of these rosters were huge, right? Lisa, we're talking like 36, 38, some players, and some of them were a little lower. So maybe with this first, with a new month, with this first round of cuts in preseason, uh, there might not be a ton for some teams. Well, on other teams, there might have been a significant uh, change, right? So maybe let's let's start right in order here. You want to maybe hit me with some interesting bullet points? What we're looking at for Angel City FC? They listed uh, twenty five previously, but now twenty six. What's what's going on here with Angel City? Yeah. So the interesting thing about all of these rosters, and we did. Go, dive so deep into them when we did our team by team preview. But now that these official rosters are out, it's so interesting to look at the changes that happened. I mean, one of the biggest for Angel City that has been talked about uh, before, but no Julie Ertz, who was traded from Chicago in the offseason. Uh, she wasn't listed on their initial roster back in early February, and she's not listed on this one. It did come out. Um, Angel City spokesperson reported to the Equalizer that she is not planning on playing throughout the 2022 season, but that was kind of it. That's about the extent of the information we have on Julia. It's um, if she does come back to play, change her mind, whatever circumstances change for 2022, Angel City still has her rights. So she is still with Angel City. Um, but otherwise, I mean, not too many changes, just adding one player to to their roster listed now, but um, still three def- three goalkeepers, which I think is 
the biggest change when looking at all of these rosters and kind of overviewing them is the goalkeepers. A lot of teams had four, even five, and now they're down to three, which is much more typical and normal still um, midfielders being probably the largest number. When you look at the overall of all of these 12 clubs and their rosters that they put out, midfielders are probably the biggest. Um, so that's Angel City, not too many changes, but Chicago Red Stars, another roster that started with 37 in early February and now only has 33 players listed. Just a, a little bit of changes happening amongst them. I mean, Mostly we saw roster numbers drop for these clubs. There were a few clubs that actually added players. Oh, well, Rain and Orlando Pride, they added each a player. Um, Chicago, they lost four. San Diego, they lost six. And Washington Spirit, the club that had the most number of players, 38 players originally listed on the roster. Now they only have 30. So that was a big difference. Still four goalkeepers for Washington Spirit, um, but a lot of player changes happening. Even like Kumi Okiyama, who was traded to Gotham, um, that had happened before. But yeah, just 30 players, which is still a lot. That's still a lot of players considering how many they're allowed to play. And for Racing Louisville, they have the lowest, the, the shortest roster, the lowest number of players with 24 listed on their preseason roster ahead of the Challenge Cup that's to come. But a lot of changes, a lot of players coming in and out of, of these rosters. Yeah, you know, Challenge Cup is coming up. It's going to be kicking off on March 18th. So I think with this first round, right, of, of cuts to the preseason roster, this is a little bit of a narrowing down. This is a little bit of a whittling down. Probably, you know, we're going to see a, a different mix of players involved in some of these Challenge Cup games, you know, outside of some of the preseason pre scrimmages that we've been talking a little bit about already. This is going to be the first kind of crack at NWSL versus NWSL type of competition. So seeing this kind of March for this early March first kind of uh, you know preseason cut, it just sort of sort of feels like okay. Now this is like the group that is going to be continuing to sort of try to uh, you know make certain strides together as yeah. something like the challenge cup looms closer. Cause we're talking about at this point, roughly two weeks or so yeah. away, you know? So the little things in between these rosters, right? I think I love hearing the things that you were mentioning right now between some of these, uh, some of these uh, cuts on, on the player rosters, but the little, little things that stand out to me are the things that I like to like kind of fixate on and, and pay attention to. But like, even with you mentioning with Gotham about how like they had uh, you like similar to Washington, that they had a ton of players and now they kind of narrowed yeah. down to just, just 30, which is still technically a lot, right? There's going to have to be another round of, of cuts there to sort of meet the, the, the player cap side of things. But the little things like, you know the Elizabeth Eddie not not being a defender listed as a defender yes. but being listed as a midfielder right like the positional things are always there was very a lot intriguing. of positional changes I mean you mentioned Elizabeth Eddie Brie Vasali originally listed as a forward for Houston now she's a midfielder Haley Mace for Kansas City originally a midfielder now as a defender um, Elizabeth Eddie as you mentioned so those changes are so interesting and is it because of the new coaches is it because of the other personnel and of course I mean you can be listed as a defender and start as a striker every game once the season comes around. But it's just interesting to see kind of how these coaches categorize the players that they have on their team. 
Absolutely. It's something that we're going to keep an eye on moving forward again as Challenge Cup gets closer and closer games that people will be able to watch across CBS platforms, Big Network, CBS, CBS Sports Network and Paramount Plus. We'll keep an eye on it with any other updates and keep all of our listeners informed as best as possible. As usual, we want to thank everybody for joining us and listening along to our news and notes episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now. And if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question. And Lisa and I will answer during a mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, with our second edition of Title Nine Tuesdays. This episode focusing on basketball legend Sandy Brondello. You can check it out. For Sandy Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was the second Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.